Today we carry on with John 15, and uh, it's just an awesome passage, isn't it? Just to get back on the same page, remember Jesus is walking, or he's walking, he's on his way to the cross, essentially. And so the things that he's saying here to his disciples are really, really important. If you're about to go to the cross, these are some of the final words you're saying. What's written here, what he says here, what he communicates here is really got to count because he wants his disciples to carry on in a certain way. So it's important what he says. So let's read it again. John chapter 15 from verse 1 says this, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches." Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples." This brings great glory to the Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. Up until this point of time, I've chosen to and I've been um, on purpose, I've emphasized the necessity of remaining in Him, abiding in Him. The connection with Him is everything. In fact, the more I study John 15, the more I'm coming to the, the, the absolute conviction that our connection with Jesus is everything. Literally everything in our life flows out of that connection. For the disciple of Christ, any issue can be traced back to the connection with him. It's, an ama- it's, it's quite amazing. So we focused, focused, focused on remaining in him, abiding in him, our connection with him. I've also really focused in on the kindness of the viticulturalist, the farmer, the father. Incredibly kind, knows the plant, knows his orchard, 
knows the branches, does anything and everything that he can to ensure that the branches of the vine are healthy and that they are producing fruit that they are intended to produce. We've spent, if you've been part of the series, we've spent time, that his whole attitude to get down amongst the leaves, lift them up, tie them up so they're not on the ground, clean them up to ensure that they produce great fruit. But today's a reality check. The next verse, doesn't matter how you look at it, it's a bit of a re- reality check and it's actually quite strong. So I'm going to use some language today which I hope provokes you, may even upset you. Just remember I love you and this is between you and God. So I'm just the messenger, you sort it out with him and if you've got a problem with me, tough luck. That's all right. But we're going to use some strong language because I really feel in my spirit as I prepared for today that, that there's a, an internal response that needs to be provoked from us sometimes. And maybe today's that day. Can you say the word fake? Say that with a little bit more conviction. Fake. Fake. So kids, that's your word to count, okay? Fake. Fake. Fake is something that is not genuine. It's an imitation. It's a counterfeit. It's a sham or it's pretending. In other words, it's something appearing to be something that it's not. That's fake. Fair enough? It's something you can answer the question. Don't feel that you've got to sit there quietly. It is something appearing to be something that it's not. Yes? Yes. That's what a fake is. Today we go to verse 6. It says, Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Now it doesn't matter which way you read that, there's some challenge there. It's quite black and white. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered in a pile to be burned. There's a period where a branch can be cut off a tree and it still looks good. But you know it's dead. You know what I mean, don't you? You're pruning or, or whatever. You can cut some branches off trees. They look absolutely beautiful. They're green. They look full of life. You know that at the point it was cut off, it died. But the point between severing it and where it actually turns brown and starts to wither, uh, there's a gap in there. And so eventually you know it will wither, and eventually you know it will end up on the rubbish heap or the fire heap. It's going to happen. But there's this little period in between. It's interesting. I think of that as fake because it looks like it's alive, but I know it's dead. You could even say it looks like it's thriving, but we know that's not the case. So it's actually appearing to be something that it's not. It's a little bit like our world at the moment. There's fake everything, isn't there? How many have heard the term fake news? Yes, make America great again. Fake news, fake news. We've all heard the term, haven't we? We've all heard the term fake news. What about fake products? That is a beautiful watch. 
Rolex watch. This is kind of as good as they come, isn't it? But what you don't actually know is that that one is a fake. If you've ever visited Asia, I, I, most people that visit Asia for the first time end up buying a watch. <laughs> Rolex. <laughs> and it lasts until you get, actually they normally break before you get to the airport. What about this? Beautiful pair of shoes. But if you look closely, you can work out that they're a fake, can't you? What about this? Toyota high-ace van. So you think it's actually a Chinese knockoff. It's totally fake. It looks like the real thing, but it's not the real thing. It looks like it, but it's not. I think you can buy fake anything if you really want to. But I want to add one more thing to the list. Fake disciples. Fake, oh, I heard that. <laughs> I told you it's going to get real this morning. Fake disciples. Fake disciples. In some ways we've been sold a, uh, told a lie, you know. Just believe in Jesus, believe in Jesus. Jesus actually told us to go make disciples. There's a big difference between a belief and a disciple. Big difference. A fake disciple would be somebody that's appearing to be something that actually isn't something. Yeah? And I think the Western church has a crisis around discipleship. Has a crisis of people who are going, I'm a disciple of Christ, but the reality is we're fakes. Like I said, just stop for a minute before you get angry. I'm not judging you. I'm just putting it out there. You do what you want with it. If you're going already, you're feeling riled on the inside, probably you need to listen. If you're going, yeah, come on, bring it on. I like to, I want to I look at my life. I want to, I want to, uh, I want to make sure I'm right before God. I want to expose my heart before God. I want to be genuine. I want to allow him in my life. It probably says that you're on a good track. But if your back's up straight away, just remember I'm not judging. I'm just putting it out there. But best, you look at yourself. Fake disciples. The disciple that isn't a disciple. What do I mean? I mean... Are we the real deal or not? It's really, really easy to come in here on Sunday morning for an hour. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. I love you. That's awesome. Go through the motions. I'd dance if I could, but I can't. Yet the real test of are we a true disciple or not is when we rock up to work on Monday morning or when we rock into school or university or wherever we are. That's the real test. Out there in the world, doing the stuff that Jesus has asked us to do. He's given us to do. I get, I get really um, challenged by the fact that he's chosen us to be here at this time and this place in eternity. Why? Because he's got a job for us to do at this time, this place in eternity, that out of all eternity, past, present and future, he said, this group of people can do it. That, that rocks my world every time I think of that. I go, are you serious? He goes, yep. Yep. 
You can do it. But you're not going to do it if you're a fake Rolex. You're going to have to throw yourself into me. You're going to have to walk the walk. You're going to have to talk the talk. You're going to have to be a disciple. When you're here, when you're there, when you're anywhere. Does that mean you'll never make a mistake? No. Does that mean you're perfect? No. Probably means you make plenty of mistakes. Means you're far from perfect. But it means you're genuinely pursuing, constantly, Jesus. It means that connection with him is everything. Maybe there's another way to ask the question. It's this. Jesus says that the true branch, the disciple, will bear fruit. So fruit is the outcome of the connection. But he also says that the severed branch will be fruitless. So can I ask the question this way? Is your life fruitful or is your life fruitless? Because that actually answers the first question. So we've already looked at fruit. We know what fruit is. We know that fruit, it's referring to quite a wide range. It's talking about fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, patience, uh, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We know that fruitfulness is talking about winning people to Christ, the Great Commission, because he told us to go and make disciples. We know that fruitfulness is about kingdom advancement. We know that fruitfulness is about um, us becoming the people God wants us to be, you know, generous, spirited, all those kind of things. Our lives will display fruit if we're connected. John 10.10 10 says, A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, uh, steal slaughter, and destroy. But I, Jesus, have come to give you everything in abundance more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. My expectation is that as I push into Jesus, as I walk with Jesus, that spiritually and beyond, everything goes up and to the right in my world. Because that's what Jesus promises. It's what he promises. If I am severed from Christ, the natural outcome is everything's going down and left. If you picture a graph. It's going to go down and left. Because if I'm severed from Christ, it's giving the devil, the thief, more control in my world. And all he wants to do, according to the Scripture, is to kill, steal, and destroy. So I can expect my life to slowly diminish, diminish, diminish. Where if I'm pursuing God and I'm a disciple of Christ and I'm plugged in and I'm connected and I'm passionately pursuing Him, my expectation is not that I'm going to have a trouble-free life, but my expectation is that my life is going that way, up and to the right, because that's what Jesus promises, that he's got this fullness of life for me to live. Here's the problem. Things look okay, but they're not sometimes. When I cut the branch, it looks okay for a time, but it's lost its source. It's lost its source of health and of life. And so whilst it looks okay, it's not okay. It is just a matter of time before it turns ugly. I bought a tree in this morning. It could be a weed. I don't even know what it is. Anyway, what is it? <laughs> Here begins this marijuana. <laughs> How do you know that? 
Ah, yeah, 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 come on. That's right. It looks nice, it looks green and everything else. It looks like it's a flourishing tree. It's not a fruit tree, obviously. But it looks like a flourishing tree. But the truth is, wait for it. Oh, I just broke another branch. It's been severed. See, it looks good. It looks like it's flourishing. It looks like it's a healthy plant. But it's not going to stay that way long because I've actually disconnected it from its source of life. So it's not going to take too long. And this is going to turn brown. And it's going to end up on my pile of rubbish to be burnt. Because it's been disconnected. It's been severed from the source of life. Our lives are the same way. You and I can fake it. We can. Come on. We can fake it. Be honest. I can fake it. I can stand here smiling. You haven't got a clue what's happening in my world. I've only got to fake it for another 20 minutes and then I'm out of here. You know? I can let my stomach out. Just 20 minutes to go. We, we can fake it. You can fake it. Wandering here with a smile on your face. Praise you, Jesus. doesn't tell me anything about what's happening in your world. Good on you for coming. And good on you for praising Jesus. That's not what I'm saying. But you know what I'm saying, don't you? We can fake it. We can have all sorts of things going on in our lives. My prayer is that we're not faking discipleship. My prayer is that we're connected to the source and we've not been severed and we're just kind of hoping we get through before we turn brown and end up on the fire heap. There's an eternal passage there. It's, it's interesting because when you read the scripture, um, you know, it says, If a person is separated from me, he is discarded. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into a heap, um, thrown into the fire to be burned. It's talking, you've got to get your tents right in there. If they're severed, it's talking now or past even, thrown into the fire as future. That's where it ends up. It's not going to end up straight away, but it's going to end up there. If you've been cut off from the source, if you've been cut off from the source of life, there's no life. It's tough, eh? That scripture's tough. I don't care which way you read it. It's tough. Part of me just wanted to jump over it and move on to the next nice bit. But you take part, you take all. You believe the word of God, you believe the whole word, the whole counsel of God. And every now and then he just gives you a slap round to keep you in line. And this is one of them. The connection is the key. The abiding, the remaining. Life flows through the connection. It's all about the connection. Life, the life of Jesus flows through the connection. If the connection is broken, the life stops flowing. The rest is just process. How's your connection? We could make it general, but let me make it personal. How is your connection? How are you and Jesus? Solid? Faking it. Paul writes about this in the book of Romans. If you've got your Bibles, let's go to Romans chapter 11. And we're going to go from verse 11. It's a bit of a passage, but we'll read most of it anyway. 
Romans 11 from verse 11. It said, did God's people stumble and fall beyond recovery? Of course not. Well, there's great news right there. Just hold on to that. They were disobedient, so God made salvation available to the Gentiles. That's us, unless you've got Jewish blood. But he wanted his own people to become jealous and claim it for themselves. Now, if the Gentiles were enriched because the people of Israel turned down God's offer of salvation, think how much greater a blessing the world will share when they finally accept it. I am saying all this, especially for you Gentiles. God has appointed me as the apostle to the Gentiles. I stress this, for I want somehow to make the people of Israel jealous of what you're of you Gentiles, so I might have some, so that I might save some of them. For since their rejection meant that God offered salvation to the rest of the world, their acceptance will be even more wonderful. It will be life for those who were dead. And since Abraham, the one the, sorry, and the other patriarch, patriarchs were holy, their descendants will also be holy, just as the entire batch of dough is holy because the portion giving, given as an offering is holy. For if the roots of the tree are holy, the branches will be holy. But some of these branches from Abraham's tree, some of the people of Israel have been broken off. And you Gentiles who were branches of a wild olive tree have been grafted in. So now, you also receive the blessings God has promised Abraham and his children, sharing in the rich nourishment from the fruit of God's special olive tree. But you must not brag about being grafted into place in to replace the branches that were broken off. You are just a branch, not the root. Well, you may say, those branches were broken off to make room for me. Yes, but remember, those branches were broken off because they didn't believe in Christ. And you are there because you do believe. So don't think highly of yourself, but fear what could happen. For if God did not spare the original branches, he won't spare you either. And it goes on. The picture there that is beautiful is that as Gentiles, as those who are not Jews, God grafted us into his plant. So our connection is one that has been grafted. Does that make sense? which also tells me that if my branch is broken off and it's not been left to wither and die, but if it's broken off, it can be regrafted in, which I think is really cool. That's, that's a message of hope right there. That if my branch has been broken off, if my relationship has been severed, if things aren't as they could be, come on, let's put our life back in the hands of the gardener and allow him to graft us back in. Graft us back into that source of life. Graft us back into that place that's going to cause us to be fruitful. That place that's going to bring life. That place that's the branch on the vine is, is where the farmer, the father, where his attention went. As long as we're grafted in, as long as that connection's there, the attention of the father, the farmer, is on us. Doing anything and everything he can to allow our lives to be fruitful, to produce fruit, simply because we're attached. That's an awesome message. That's a fantastic thought. All I've got to do is concentrate on remaining attached, abiding, remaining in Him. What's it say in John 15? It says, if I remain in Him, He will remain in me. In other words, if I remain in Him, His lifeblood will flow through me. 
and the rest will be a natural outcome of simply staying attached. The Father wants us to thrive. So staying engaged, genuinely pursuing God, living, um, giving of our whole selves to Him, remaining attached, abiding, that's our choice. That's your choice today. Living a fake life, looking like something but not being the genuine, that's a choice too. We've got the incredible power of free choice. All of us, you, have the power of choice. You get to choose whether you're going to live a genuinely connected life with Jesus or whether you're going to fake it. I get to choose that for my life. You get to choose that for your life. Isn't that incredible power, isn't it? Right, I mean, there is an outcome to what we choose. Got to remember that. Got to remind ourselves of that. But the choice is ours. You choose and I choose. Essentially, we get the choice of life. We get the choice of life. I get to choose life or death. I get to choose whether I'm connected or whether I'm severed. The power is completely within me for that. That is an amazing thought. My prayer, in fact, I implore you this morning to make sure you're connected. Make sure you're connected. Do what you've got to do to ensure that you are living the life of a true disciple, that you're abiding, that you're remaining in him because it's your choice as it's my choice. When I stand in front of Jesus, I remind myself of this quite a lot. When I stand in front of Jesus, he's not going to say to me, Sheridan, let's talk about Jan. How did she go? I'll go, she got a 9 out of 10 as far as I'm concerned. And he'll go, what, out of 100? No, no, out of 10. He's not going to say that. He's going to say, Sheridan, let's have a talk about how you went. Let's have a talk about whether you were attached, whether you stayed connected, whether you pursued. Let's have a talk about whether you were one thing here and another thing there. Let's have a talk about whether you were the same person at home as you were on a Sunday morning. Then ask me those questions. And I've got the choice. I've got the power to choose what my life looks like. You've got the choice to choose what your life looks like. I want to make sure that every person in this place has the opportunity to choose life. Has the opportunity to choose connection over being severed. And it's as close as a choice. You've got to walk it out then, sure, but it's as close as a choice. I know that connection equals life. Not only does it equal life here, it equals life for all eternity. I know that uh, severed, at some point, is going to end up on the fire. So I choose life. I choose connected. We can't choose for anyone else, but we can choose for ourselves.
you can choose for yourself. I ask myself the question often, if I don't make it home today, because there's a possibility, I'm going to get in a car, anything could happen. If I don't make it home today, what's my eternity hold? Am I going to spend eternity with Christ? Am I going to spend eternity in the promises of God or is my eternity going to be lost? It's going to be with Jesus. That's where my eternity is going to be. Where's your eternity going to be? What's it look like if you didn't make it home today? Think of Lindley. Jen and I have the incredible privilege of um, overseeing her funeral tomorrow. Lady that loved Jesus, she made her choice a long time before the choice before needed to be made. But you know, sometimes we don't have the option. Sometimes things can change in a flash. Wouldn't it be awesome to be able to stand here this morning and go, every person in this place was connected with Jesus? Every person. What's that mean? It means a few things means you could have been coming to church your whole life and still not be connected with Jesus. It means you're coming to church. It's like if I go into the Holden car yard on the way home, it doesn't make me a Holden. You go, yeah, but I'm a good person. Fantastic. That's great. Oh, but I've been helping out in kids' church. Great. Oh, but I was on the door welcoming people. Great. But I volunteered here. I did this. I did that. Great. Only problem is the Bible says in John 14, this is Jesus speaking, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man goes to the Father except by me. And he doesn't say it's about being good. He says it's about being connected. When I'm connected, good will come. But the qualification is the connection. In the book of Romans, it says that if we believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ is Lord, sorry, if we say with our mouth, confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, we believe in our hearts that he was raised from the dead by the Father three days after he died, we will be saved. Because that's how the connection comes. That's where the connection is. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes through the Father except by me. We call that being born again when we put our faith, our hope in Jesus Christ. It's a new life, a new way of doing it. I go from here to being connected and I'm living life connected. I pray that you're connected this morning. There's, you know, people like to live in the middle, don't we? I don't really want to throw my all in. Keep my options open. Jesus is actually really tough on that mentality. Really tough. He spoke to the church in Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3. And he said, you're neither hot nor cold. Because the illustration he was using, hot was good and cold was actually good as well. But lukewarm caused you to vomit. And he says, because you're lukewarm, I will vomit you out of my mouth. In other words, I want you to make a decision for me. I want you to decide whether you're connected or not. And then I want you to live that way. Everything's at stake. Your eternity's at stake. My eternity's at stake. 
And it all comes back to my choice. I get to live connected or severed. Don't get caught by the way things look. We all know now that this is dead. Even though it looks alive. Slowly it's falling apart as our lives were without Jesus.